0: that are connected using closed loop communications will connect to the battery can bus port the inverter has a built-in battery disconnect so this is essentially a breaker uh that can disconnect the batteries from the power electronics Michael. inside the inverter oh solar works
1: oh oh sorry I got scared i was watching uh, just some youtube video about solar mm-hmm. power
0: yeah unlikely story
1: uh, it's totally very likely.
0: <laughs> uh, this is going to be a hard episode to record. I'll start off immediately proclaiming how I am, which is that I had a gum graft on Thursday. Oh. So my mouth is full of stitches right now. So I can't like smile or laugh fully. Every time I laugh, I'm like holding my bottom lip still at the same time.
1: Because you're not allowed to laugh.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not that I'm not allowed. It's just that I can feel it pulling on the stitches. Oh no. If I smile too big. So I can already, I can tell ahead of time that this is going to be a challenging episode to record.
1: Your voice sounds slightly different too.
0: Who can say? Who can say what causes these things?
1: I kind of like it. It's nice. It's like a nice little... Sultry. Yeah. It's like a filter.
0: (laughs) That's right. I'm running myself through a vocoder right now. Michael. Yes. How are you?
1: How am I? Are you done telling...
0: Oh, I don't know. Do I have more to say about how I am? Um, it's a sunshiny day. That's beautiful. I love that. I have D&D tonight. I'm super excited about that.
1: A little jealous.
0: I'd say I'm doing pretty good. I'm reading a really good book right now. Book recommendation for everyone in the audience. I'm reading a book that a beloved friend and listener of the pod sent me called Existential Physics by Sabine Hossenfelder, who is a YouTube physicist who I really like. And she wrote this book, and it's great. She answers like... From a physics perspective, all kinds of fun questions like, does the past exist? And why does time go forwards?
1: Oh, that's fun.
0: Yeah, it's super fun. Highly recommend the book. Highly recommend her YouTube. Just a blast.
1: There should be a genre, pop physics, but also combine it with pop psychology. It's like the perfect mommy slash daddy can explain the physics to you. And also help you understand your feelings and self-actualize. You know, it's like self-help right. plus physics. Just an idea.
0: I mean, Sabine Hossenfelder does have very dami mommy energy.
1: Oh, totally. I've watched some of the videos.
0: She's very like, I'm here to tell you about physics, so shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah, very dominatrixy. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love it. She comes across that way in her book as well. Oh, okay.
1: Well, that's neat.
0: hmm I think that's pretty much how I am. Uh, yeah. Good. You know, I'm Good. Good. Michael. Hi,
1: how are you? I'm good. I'm going crazy researching solar power.
0: Oh, because yeah. you're doing solar things at your house? Yeah,
1: well, we kind of want to. And it's real expensive, we found out, to yeah, have I someone bet. do it for you, you know, install it for you. Mm-hmm. So we have this crazy idea that maybe we could, like, do it ourselves and then get an electrician to do the last bit,
0: you know? Yeah. You should do a small project first. I mean, you should do whatever you want. I set up a solar panel charging car battery at the farm in the woods for us to charge our phones with. Oh, Doing like that very small project, which was just like tiny solar panel to single battery, was very educational for me. Just an approach to think about is like start small and see how that feels yeah 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 yeah. before you're like hooking something up to the grid of your house which is a much bigger project
1: yeah that's that's a good idea i'm trying not to i'm well i'm not actually trying but i'm realizing i'm going down a rabbit hole that i Mm -hmm. don't want to be spending my life going down
0: no you don't want to dedicate your life to solar panel installation from now on
1: no no (laughs) i have other things i should be doing i have pods to prep I have unnamed string instruments to be practicing.
0: (laughs) Secret instruments.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for the spring. So many projects. Garden expansion. Mm Mm-hmm. We have so much garlic.
0: Well, that's great.
1: We're going to have to give some to you.
0: Okay. Great. (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) Sounds good.
1: I think we planted like a hundred cloves of garlic. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems like a lot wow. of garlic.
0: That's a lot of cloves.
1: That's a lot of garlic, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Great.
1: Yeah. There's just fun projects, fun outside time going to happen soon. Going to start getting neurotic about ticks again any week mm-hmm. now.
0: Yeah. Yep. I know that vibe. You
1: know something we thought about is getting runner ducks. Are you familiar with runner ducks?
0: Yeah. Ducks are great. All ducks are great. I'm a big fan of keeping ducks.
1: You are? Okay. You've kept ducks?
0: Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of different kinds, Okay. and I loved it. Ducks are, like, deeply beloved to my heart.
1: Yeah. I like the runners. They look silly, and uh, they eat ticks, apparently. Mm Mm-hmm. Have you ever kept guinea fowl?
0: No, I had a neighbor who kept guinea fowl when I was a kid, but I've never done it myself.
1: Were they loud and obnoxious?
0: Yeah, they were super fucking loud. But ducks are, are very quiet.
1: I do like quiet birds. Yeah.
0: And but they make really sweet little quacking noises when they're taught. Like they don't quack. Like they don't. In my experience, they don't wake you up in the morning with quacking. But then when I went to let them out of their coop, they would all be like talking to each other, like wah, 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 wah. they just like quietly quack to each other <laughs> in speaking voices all day, like wah, 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 wah.
1: yeah. We just need to decide if the work is worth the joy that we would get from such from the-, the quacking, you know right because we we would be so into the quacking
0: yeah I guess it depends if you have water on your property we lived next to a river so that part was really solved for us i found ducks to be very low-key experience hmm but anyway i've i've pushed many people in my life to get ducks because i love them so much so you should make your own decision about ducks
1: do the ducks like we have a stream but it's kind of like 20 feet down you kind of kind of traverse
0: they traversed in our area but we had like a big open farm area you know so i don't know i can only speak for how our ducks behave but they were pretty willing to roam to find what they wanted
1: we have to get you up here i think i think this is the season to bring season. you and the boyfriend. To the, the boyf. to the weird home thing situation.
0: Yeah, I would love to visit.
1: But yes, I am good, and I bring you Talmud and Jewish tidbits.
0: Oh, great. Before the tidbit, I just want to take this moment to share with our listeners the current class at Shalmala. Right now, registration is open for this really great class we have called Intentions of the Heart, How Deafness and Disability Define Halakha, which is going to be for five Sundays starting March 5th. I'll put the link for registration in the description here. It's going to be taught by the incredible Noah Elana. ASL interpretation is going to be provided, and it's just going to be a really beautiful, magical Talmud, Shalmala, disability-focused time. It's going to be disability-centered, but abled folks are, of course, welcome to sign up as well. We want to have everyone there in the room. So, that's just something to keep on your horizon. I'll put the link in the description. Okay, now that that class is plugged and shared and liked and subscribed, dazzle me with a tidbit.
1: Okay, all right. I'm going to start you off with a blessing. I'm not going to explain.
0: Great. That's just how I like to start.
1: Baruch Shekhoho Mulei Ha'olamim, which means praised. To God, whose power fills the world. And in some copies of the Gemara, the prayer adds Ugvula To and God's strength. So instead of praise Him whose power fills the world, it reads praise Him whose power and strength fills the Got world. It. Okay. What is this prayer about? What's your guess?
0: Uh, um. I mean, I feel like it's going to surprise me, so I want to guess surprising things, but I don't think I've encountered this one before, which makes me want to say, like, a thunderstorm.
1: Oh, my God, you got it.
0: You, oh, my you, God, you, I'm you, amazing. You got it. You, you nailed really it. I really didn't know that. I really just guessed it.
1: Oh, so on wow. it.
0: That's really satisfying. I was like, what? is a good example of God's power filling the world. Like, what would I want to say that blessing on? And it's thunderstorm.
1: Yeah, it's very good. This blessing, I brought it because you say it when you see Barak or Barakim, when you see lightning or many lightnings occurring, (laughs) I guess.
0: Right, right.
1: And why did I bring lightning, Hava? Tell me this.
0: Um... I don't know. I don't know
1: because in the last episode we talked about Wi Fi, Wi
0: Fi, right, and sound and substance, and, and sound stuff. and
1: substance. And you were like, "What's the deal with how the rabbis perceive lightning?"
0: Oh, right, and like electricity and shit like that.
1: Yes, and I have attempted to do that.
0: Wow! Wow! Great choice. Well,
1: I I, I do my best. So the first <laughs> first bit of evidence is lightning equals good because you have to say a blessing. Right. Although, I don't know. Do you say blessings when shitty stuff happens, too?
0: Yeah, we say a blessing when we hear that someone has died.
1: What's the blessing for that?
0: We say Baruch Dayan Emet.
1: What does that mean?
0: Blessed is the true judge.
1: Yeah, there is kind of this Jewish thing where you take a bad thing and try to see the good in it and then bless the good thing in it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's broadly spread. I mean, right, think about the Kaddish, the prayer that we say oftentimes as part of mourning rituals is like 100% praise. There's no actual, like, mourning in it. The entire text of Kaddish is like, blessed is the name, let the name be blessed and glorified and sanctified. It's like all all stuff like that. Yeah. So I yeah, definitely yeah, don't yeah. think having a blessing on something necessarily means that it's good.
1: All right, all right, okay, so we, we we're not sure yet if lightning is good based on this blessing?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, this blessing is like a really obvious incarnation of this uh, orientation towards blessings, but like, I think we mostly say blessings whenever they're sort of like what you might consider a clear demonstration of God's presence in the world, whether bad or good, you know? I think death brings us closer to God whether we like it or not. And whether we are the subject, God forbid, of the death, or the witness, God forbid, of the death, either way, the presence of mortality in some way, like, brings us closer to the numinous. I
1: wonder if there's a general prayer for experiencing something terrible.
0: I don't know. There are a lot of blessings out there that I've never heard of.
1: Yeah. Well, anyway, we do say a little bracha when we see lightning.
0: Right. It's something. It's powerful. Powerful enough and unusual enough to get a blessing.
1: Now let's go to Kulin 55b. We are talking about kosher rules. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: There's a little phrase that comes up referring to the case of some unnamed organ or part of an animal, which is Ucharuta bidet shamayim chasherah, inscribed by the hand of God. Okay. Then it is kosher. So we're in a section where we're talking about animals who you might think that they're not kosher. kosher. Right,
0: Right, but they are.
1: If some part of this animal is inscribed by the hand of God, then it is kosher. So this is Mishnah.
0: Got it, okay.
1: So then there's discussion of like, what does this mean? There's a little bit more clarity that comes when we bring in Rashi and we bring in Gemara. Okay. And the consensus is that this is either referring to or they're giving the example of a lung that is shriveled or inscribed, a lung that is somehow imperfect. Okay. But the reason that it's imperfect is the animal was scared. Oh, and it was okay. scared because God scared it. It was scared by the power of God, such as the animal sees a lightning storm.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, this is really... Making me think of, so there's this wonderful book called Sweetening the Spirits, Healing the Sick, Ritual Lore of Sephardic Women that talks about a bunch of magical and spiritual healing traditions in Sephardic culture. And one of the common sort of spiritual maladies that people can contract is espanto, which is fright. Espanto can manifest in many ways, but oftentimes it's like if you receive really shocking news, either good or bad. That could inflict you with Espanto, and bad things might happen to you because of it.
1: Whoa. And you Like, you might
0: be inexplicably sick, and we might say that's Espanto because you got some wild news yesterday. These two things are making me think of each other.
1: Wow, wow. And I guess, according to that- if you have that, you might have shriveled lungs or maybe shriveled other right.
0: organs. It seems like Rashi might think so.
1: yeah, I think this is referencing like the whole glot kosher idea where you're supposed to have these like perfect lungs on an animal in order for it to be kosher. But mm-hmm. this is an exception to that rule. Like if we have strong evidence to believe that this animal was basically God-fearing, I think is the idea, Then, oh. then we can eat it. Like, it's a God-fearing animal. The
0: animal saw the lightning, and it was so in awe of God that its lung shriveled up.
1: That's my interpretation. I I don't know. Also, later on in the doff, another rabbi chimes in and says, also, if it was, like, scared by another animal, like a lion. Huh. So, I think there's something about God-fearing going on and lightning being, you know, associated with God's power, which is also implied by the blessing that you do when you see the lightning.
0: Right, right. Okay, so lightning, definitely a manifestation of God's power, sometimes okay if it's scared an animal.
1: Uh, Yes, okay, so we have some Mishnah, we have some Gemara now. I'm going to give you a little bit of an etymological insight into lightning. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, just a quick little throwaway, but Mm -hmm. uh, Barach related to Bar- which, you know, means, like, son of, but also can mean, like, clear, bright, pure, outside, undeveloped land, which kind of relates to son in comparison to the father. Mm -hmm. So, clear, bright, pure, outside, I don't know, something maybe transcendent going on there. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of... um... I'm thinking of the expression, bolt out of the clear blue sky. That's making me think of this, like lightning as sort of this bright phenomenon that emerges seemingly from nowhere, which feels very like present in this idea of bras as as related to the wilderness or the outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lightning is like this emergent, strange, unpredictable phenomena. So that feels like it really fits my understanding of lightning, too.
1: I have one more thing for you, Hava. Okay. We have Gemara, we have Mishnah, we have etymology. I'm going to bring you Hasidic philosophy. Okay. Likutei Moharan, which was written by Nachman of Breslov. So, big deal Hasidic guy we've talked about before a bit. Clapping hands eliminates strife, for all strife emanates from the aspect of Korach against Aharon, they being the aspect of left and right. Thus, by clapping, the left is encompassed within the right, and the right is encompassed within the left, becoming one.
0: Okay, well. Okay,
1: all right. So we have unifying clapping. That's real nice. When you clap, you get rid of strife. It's like a metaphor. Korach and Aharon, let's all come together. Mm, Like. Our politics shouldn't divide us. So what does this have to do with lightning? Mm-hmm. Well, Nachman, he relates this to the psalm quote, lightning bolts light up Tavel, which is the world, and everyone is able to now see. Everyone sees and trembles. That's the psalm quote. And he's saying, lightning claps, and it lights up, and oh. you're able to see everything. He goes on to explain that this lightning clap is like the oneness of everything, and it's basically that oneness of everything allows us to
0: see i see so the lightning is like a temporary manifestation of the dissolving of duality
1: yes yes basically yes yes lightning is the temporary manifestation of the dissolving and god is lightning Mm -hmm, in a way right which is pretty fucking cool i would say
0: Yeah, that is fucking cool. It makes me think about, okay, obviously I don't understand. I understand fuck all about how lightning works, but it has something to do with electrons. (laughs) I'm literally Googling it right now. There's like a voltage difference. Yeah, negative charges and positive charges... Basically, like, fuck with each other in the clouds. I'm not going to try to explain any more than that, because whatever I say is definitely going to be wrong. But the point is, like, it feels like there's an element of what is being said here in this Hasidic philosophy about duality sort of being an inherent part of lightning that is sort of, like, reflected in the scientific underpinnings of lightning.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, because, like, yeah. I don't know anything about lightning either, but
0: yes. (laughs) Great. Okay, so none of us know anything about lightning, so that's great. But we do know that it is a uh, transcendent embodiment of the dissolving of duality.
1: Which can kill you.
0: Which can kill you and also can shrivel an animals' lungs through fear.
1: It seems appropriate, though, that if you were to experience dissolving of the perception of otherness, you might die.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seems to be like a big theme of the Torah, seeing God might kill you.
1: Yeah. yeah. So,
0: that tracks.
1: It makes me wonder now if there's stories of tzaddiks or prophets or holy folks who died by being struck by lightning, if that has occurred
0: right. in Jewish
1: mythology. I wasn't able to find anything like that, but I feel like it would fit this general theme. And, like, the way Nachman, by the way, proves all this relationship is incredibly hard to follow. He's using a gematria on various divine names, which maybe come from the Zohar, really unclear. Mm-hmm. But that's how he gets there. And it, it is very neat to think of uh, lightning as this clap.
0: Yeah, I mean, a thunder clap, right? Like, we have the word for that in our, in our we have the idiom for that in, in English as well.
1: Yes. I'll bring you one last thing, Hava.
0: Okay, great.
1: A very, very cute safari source sheet that someone made. It's by the Hadar Institute. I have no idea what their deal is. But I think this is for kids. I will just read it to you. So the Torah says when they were on Mount Sinai that the people saw the thunder and the lightning from Shemote 2015. Mm -hmm. So thunder isn't something that you normally can see. So what does this mean? Sforno says it means they concentrated on the thunder. Roshbaum says they saw hail and stones falling. Rashi says it was a miracle and they actually saw the sound of thunder, even though this is normally impossible. Mm. So there you go.
0: Wow. Okay, so you brought me this to tell me about what's up with the Talmudic understanding of lightning. And it seems like the answer is something like it's a very mysterious and divine manifestation. Yes. So I'm left with several questions, one of which is to what extent are lightning and electricity equivalent? Not just in the rabbi's understanding, but also in real life. Like, is lightning just a bunch of electricity or is it a phenomenon that's in some way like special? I don't know. Um,
1: who are you asking that question of? Just
0: to the universe. <laughs> the
1: universe. Okay, I'm just wondering.
0: Just Sabine Haasenfelder, if she's listening. <laughs> oh, the reason I'm wondering about it is because, like, my understanding is a lot of the way Halacha is ob- observed around Shabbat right now with regards to electricity has to do with kindling a fire on Shabbat. Like, we sort of think of turning on an electronic device as kindling a fire, which feels like electricity feels closer to lightning than to fire.
1: There were some metaphors that used both lightning and fire to describe similar phenomena that I mm-hmm. read, so I wouldn't discount the possibility that there may be a significant relationship between lightning and fire Yeah, that the rabbis, you know, believe in.
0: And I'm also wondering if we can steal lightning, given that it's sort of a...
1: From the gods,
0: from the gods.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool.
0: Exactly. If We can do like a Promethean <laughs> situation.
1: Maybe Thomas Edison or whatever was Prometheus. Right. Of a
0: modern Prometheus. He'd sure like to think so, I feel like. Probably, yeah. Huh. Well, this has been very educational, Michael. I did not know that the Talmud was so in awe of lightning. Although now that I know it, it like kind of makes a lot of sense that it would be.
1: Yeah, it does. Lightning. Yeah. Scary.
0: Wow. Okay, well, couldn't agree more. <laughs> I don't understand it. It does seem divine. I'm in. I
1: agree. <laughs> okay, great.
0: <sighs> well, thanks for dazzling us all with this dazzling flash of a tidbit, Michael. We have a patron episode coming this month. If you're not already a part of our Patreon, you can join at patreon.com. So ask how are you? And we'll have some cool behind-the-scenes audio coming from our big series that we're working on right now. Otherwise you know, just uh, wishing you a Shavuot Tov.
1: Shavu tov.